All right. All right, everyone, take your seats, please. We've got a special, a very special guest this time, so take your seats, please. Thanks. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we talk about tools and strategies that can help you create sustainable, positive changes in your habits, in your mindset, and in your life. I'm Monica Reinagle, and today I have a special guest joining me on the podcast. You may know him. His name is Brock Armstrong. Welcome, Brock. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. So- Obviously, how many more bad jokes can I make? (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're brand new to the podcast, you know that Brock is actually also the co-host of the Change Academy podcast, but that's not why he's here today. He's here today as the host of a new podcast called The Second Wind. So that is why I introduced him as my guest and not my co-host. And I'm really excited about our conversation today, Brock. Not to be pedantic, but is Second Wind Fitness. Oh, because there are, there is another Second Wind podcast out there. It, you will immediately know that it is not mine if you if you find it. But mine is Second Wind Fitness, and there's a good reason for that, and I'm sure we'll get into that good reason. Well, you know what? Really soon. My first inclination was to say, let's edit that out and let me reintroduce you. But actually, maybe that will make it stick in people's mind a little bit better that it is actually Second right. Wind Fitness and not Second Wind. So. We're just letting all of our petticoats show today. And Ooh, but be, sexy. <laughs> before we get into my interview with our guest, Brock Armstrong, host of the new podcast, Second Wind Fitness, it's that time of the show when we often talk about what we're working on. And this week, we have come to that point in every podcast's life cycle where It is time to do a listener survey, and that's what we're working Mm -hmm. on right now. We have put together a brief survey. What is it? Maybe seven or eight questions, if that. Yeah, it's not much. A very quick survey that we would love to have as many listeners as possible complete for us just to give us a little bit better grasp of who you are, what you're working on, what you're finding the most helpful, and also to give you a chance to tell us what you would like to suggest or or ideas that you might have for the future. So if you would be so generous as to take two minutes to fill out our survey, you can find that at changeacademypodcast.com slash survey. And we would so appreciate your input. The point of taking these kind of surveys is to make sure that we're providing the the information and the shows that you want to hear so we're not wasting your time. And the length of the survey also serves that purpose. It's not long. <laughs> we won't waste your time there either. Okay, so Brock, take your co-host hat off, put your guest hat back okay. on, yep. <clears throat> and let's jump into this conversation. So Brock, you have had an enormous number of really big life changes over the last year, in addition to the big life change that we all experienced over the last year and a half. But beyond even that, a lot happened to you in the last year. You moved from a big city, Vancouver, to a small island in the middle of the ocean. (laughs) You went from being sort of an urban renter to, I don't know, would you consider yourself a rural homeowner or a suburban homeowner now? Somewhere in between, probably. Well, you know, there's a lawn involved. Suddenly there's landscaping and leaves need to be raked. You left a podcast that you had been doing for many years, the Get Fit Guy podcast. You were there, I think, more than four years, right? Almost exactly four. It was remarkably to the day. Right. So you wrapped up your involvement in that podcast, turned it over to a wonderful new host, Dr. Jonathan Sue. 
You turned 50. Happy birthday. That <laughs> Hooray. Was August. And then most recently, after a little bit of a unplanned delay, you launched this new podcast, Second Wind Fitness. So like I said, that's a lot to happen in a year. And I'm sort of wondering whether there's a unifying theme to all these changes. Were they all linked for you as part of a bigger project? Or once you got started making changes, did did the next ones just flow from that? How did all that happen? Before I get into that, I just want to address it. It's hilarious that you brought up the lawn and raking leaves because I was almost late for this recording because as part of my workout plan for every day, really, not just for today, I take breaks. And when there's yard work to be done, that totally counts as a workout. And so I was actually doing my workout, which was raking leaves. And then all of a sudden was like, oh, no, I gotta, <laughs> I'm supposed to be a guest on my own podcast. What am I doing? But to answer your your real question, you know, I have a common theme that has always run through my life. And I used to say this as a joke, but I really realized that it was a superpower. I've always positioned myself as my sort of raison d'etre or my my reason for for living is to collect stories and and i used to joke that whoever died with the most stories wins mm-hmm. as, as if there was a way to win life especially on your deathbed but i really do think that's a, an important part of what i've how i've lived my life is to always be looking for the next opportunity for the next adventure for the next learning experience. I I often joke that every time I see a help wanted sign, my immediate thought is, oh, I could do that. (laughs) I should apply. In fact, I almost applied for a job as a brewmaster at at one of the local breweries. They were looking for for an assistant to to move into that position. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about that, but surely they'd hire me. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? And I didn't actually apply for that job. But I did have that that impetus and and I really do think that that has been the way that I've lived my life and even though I'm in my second half of the first century on this planet as I like to call it that hasn't really changed for me and and a lot of opportunities sort of came along right at the same time and so yeah we moved from Vancouver to Nanaimo we bought a house we bought a car that's crazy for us, I, I still have my bikes and I still ride them most of the time. And starting Second Wind Fitness was kind of the the icing on the cake. Let's talk a little bit about the new podcast, the Second Wind Fitness podcast. You've had a number of fitness podcasts in your life. Here we are with another fitness podcast. <laughs> so why did you want to do a different, another fitness podcast? And I guess the other half of that question is, why does the world need another, yet another <laughs> fitness podcast? And maybe the answer to both of those questions is the same, but I'll just throw those both out to you. You're right. I've done so many fitness podcasts and and many of them were other people's shows that I, I worked on. And it's really quite crazy. I, I'm just doing a mental inventory. I think I may be up to 15 different health and wellness, if not straight up fitness podcasts that I've been involved in. Yeah, does the world really need another fitness podcast? Well, probably not, but... Do you need another fitness podcast? Probably not. (laughs) No, I absolutely do, because I I have really come to understand fitness in such a different way. And there's, as far as I can tell, there's a very small community of people who are approaching fitness in the way that that I view it. 
these days, and especially approaching the demographic that you and I are members of, and and also people that we've we serve, people who listen to this podcast, people who join our Wayless program. That demographic of 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds are very, first of all, underserved when it comes to fitness, but they're also really misunderstood when it comes to to fitness and wellness. I think a lot of the time you get all these 20 year olds, and this was me back in, in the day too, just thinking, oh, well, you can, you'll just do the modified version of this exercise or, or, you know, just go for a walk, old man, you'll, mm. that's, that's enough for you. Or that it's really just about, break a hip. yeah. And, or that the goal of fitness is just to kind of mitigate the damage as opposed to, right. you know, acquire mastery. So it sounds like it's sort of, um, a mix of the actual nuts and bolts fitness, how to go about it, you know, how to, challenge yourself, how not to get hurt, how to, you know, work with what you've got, but then also just the, the mental, the mindset, why are we doing this? How do we keep ourselves going when we do run into, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, you summed it up beautifully. <laughs> well, th- that makes perfect sense because I know that uh, a couple of years ago, you spent quite a bit of time um, getting a new credential and it wasn't a new fitness credential. It wasn't a new exercise certification or something. It was actually credentialing as a cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner, which is sort of an interesting twist for a fitness guy. So that looks like this is the natural extension of that kind of bringing those worlds together. Yeah, the idea of going and learning more about exercise physiology or kinesiology or, or biomechanics and and all of those wonderful things has always been alluring to me. And I have collected a, a real um, plethora of different certifications and credentials and stuff over the years. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to explain this using a, a story from a, a woman that he, I used to coach back in Toronto who did, she came to me wanting to to run a marathon. She eventually moved into triathlons and we worked together for probably close to three years. And during that time, she would train really hard for a race and she'd do something like the whole, is it whole 30, whole 20 diet? Whole 30, yeah. Whole 30 diet or or she'd go hardcore paleo or, or something when she was training. And she'd do really well. She'd lose a bunch of weight and she'd get really strong and her endurance would go up and she'd cross that finish line and we'd high five and, and then I wouldn't see her for a few months. And I get an email from her saying, Oh, I think I, I need to do another race. I've put on a bunch of weight and, and I'm just not feeling very good. So I'm going to sign up for this triathlon. Will you coach me? I'm like, yeah, of course. That sounds great. Let's do it. You're really fun to work with. Why not? And we did this a number of times, like I said, over, over the course of about three years And eventually my heart just kept breaking because it was the same story over and over again. She'd keep coming back to me saying the same thing, like, I just don't feel good. I don't feel strong anymore. I've put on a bunch of weight and, and I'm going to sign up for this, another race. Will you, will you coach me? And eventually I, I remember I sat down and had coffee with her and said, like, you don't need to do another race. What you need to do is heal your relationship with food and movement and we had a bit of a cry. <laughs> it sort of turned into one of those conversations. And I just felt like I I knew what I needed to, to help her with, but I didn't have the tools. Mm. And the last thing I wanted to do was to once again take her 
through that whole process, have her cross the finish line and and just continue to have this happen over and over again. So eventually we stayed friends, but I couldn't coach her anymore because I just I felt like this was just a hamster wheel that we were going to keep going around and around and around. And it really took me a couple more years before I realized how I could actually achieve that goal of helping people work on their relationship with food and movement instead of just giving them another workout and another race to train for and another meal plan to follow just to have them cross the finish line or cross those days off the calendar and then return to their previous lifestyle that wasn't serving them in the first place. And becoming a cognitive behavior therapy practitioner seemed, <laughs> once I once I realized that I could actually do this and, and take the, the course was a perfect fit for me because cognitive behavior therapy was such an important thing in my life of getting me out of some some very deep depression and some some really quite debilitating anxiety that I was experiencing back in the early 2000s it was it truly a life-changing experience going through cognitive behavior therapy as uh as the person getting the therapy and i realized that i could apply this along with my my credentials of being somebody who understands fitness and understands kinesiology and 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 physiology marrying those together just sort of was this amazing one-two punch that I feel like I can make such a, a bigger difference in people's lives rather than just holding their hand across a, a finish line can set them up for success in in all realms of life, really. Well, and of course, selfishly, I was so happy that you did that because we make a lot of really good use of those skills and that insight in this podcast together and also in the work that we do together in our Way Less program. And it really is such an important thing to bring to the work that we do in nutrition and in fitness can so easily become a, a, a band-aid or a patch for other work that needs to be done. And it's it's really great to have the tools and the opportunity to get into some of those as well. Not that the nutrition doesn't matter, not that the fitness doesn't matter, not even that the weight loss doesn't matter, but it all has to fit into a whole person view, you know, and, yeah. and understanding who we are and what, what it is that we want out of our lives. So it's enriched my life as well, Brock. Well, and it really is so important to to move away from the idea that we're either being good or bad. Yeah. And and that was one of the things that I also found very frustrating as a as a coach. And I know you and I spend a lot of time working on this with the people in the Wayless program and anybody that we're we're working with is moving them away from this idea that not doing your workout is somehow a moral failure or eating the the treats or having the extra cocktail is is you're being bad and why can't i just love myself enough or why can't i learn my lesson finally and stop doing this to myself it's so much deeper than that than just being good or bad and until we address those kinds of things just continually giving more and more advice on the perfect workout or the perfect diet is never going to actually stick. It's not going to lead to to lasting change or healthy change. Like it is possible to make changes in our lives that don't necessarily make us happier because mm. we're doing them for the for a misguided reason. Right. Like for I used to be in a band. I 
toured for about 10 years, lived in a, I always say I lived in a van with 600 other dudes. One of the stories you get to tell on your deathbed. Right. And, uh, and for five of those years that we were touring, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol. I just completely quit cold turkey, stopped drinking, didn't drink at all for five years. And people might say, oh, wow, that's really amazing. But the reason I did it is because I was terrified. Like it was, it was rooted in fear. It was rooted in a belief that somehow I was going to <laughs> follow a path that I didn't want to follow it for. I don't want to get into the really, really personal stuff. But And then at the end of those five years, I immediately, <laughs> once I tr- flipped the switch, so to speak, there, it was as if I had never had a break in in my alcohol consumption. It went I went straight back in, picked up as if I was 19 again. That experience really hammered home the fact that we can make these big changes that seem like, oh wow, you must have really had a had one of those aha moments or come to Jesus moment or whatever, whatever it is that's a, a real life-changing thing. But when we make those big changes for the wrong reasons reasons or in misguided um, under misguided circumstances, it really doesn't have the effect that we're looking for. So uh, my my real goal is to make sure that people are making the changes, making the making the commitments to fitness and health and nutrition because they want to have a particular outcome down the road that they want to really move towards a better version of themselves rather than running from, like you said earlier, like, are you running towards something or running away from something? And I think that's, uh, that is something that the cognitive behavior therapy really, really helps me with personally, but it helps me aid people or coach people better. Tell you what, maybe you could give us a little sample of the Second Wind Fitness Podcast so we can see what it is that you're doing over there. That's a great idea. I've actually got the very first episode that I released, um, we'll pick up halfway through, and I think it'll give people a really good taste of what it's all about. Perfect. Now, back to the crux of this episode. Why you shouldn't worry how fast you can get fit, train for a marathon, or build six-pack abs. But first, what the heck is fitness? What does it mean to be fit? The elusive state of being fit is something that I've written about many, many times in the past, and I don't think I will ever be completely happy with one definition. But for now, I'm going to define fitness as being able to move through this world and do the activities you want to do with as much confidence and capability as possible. How's that sound? Now, to achieve that, we need something else, and that is exercise, or as I like to think of it, movement. And I define that as activities relating to keeping healthy and strong, especially through movement. Now, there are a couple of reasons why I like this definition. First, it doesn't contain that loaded word exercise, and it also implies that fitness is a continuum, not a finish line. Now, to me, right off the bat, I'll tell you this, I use the word movement because I think movement is everything. For many of us, the word exercise conjures up a very specific notion of something that you have to set aside dedicated time for and also go to a specific location to perform a routine of one type or another, usually a workout. 
Then our workouts usually require a specific set of clothes or workout gear and generally require that we get out of breath, we sweat profusely, and we need a shower afterwards, right? And while I definitely do enjoy all of those things, on occasion, fitness doesn't come solely from workouts, which, let's be honest, take up only a small portion of our time. Even when I was training for Ironman triathlons, my exercise time was still only a fraction of my waking hours. And that was pretty extreme. Now, okay, my main point, which I will get into in more detail in future episodes, is that fitness is also very dependent on all the movements we perform on a regular and consistent basis throughout the day. In fact, not including regular movement in our day could actually be making those specific exercise periods less effective. Now, there's actually a paper that was published in the Journal of Applied Physiology where a group of researchers showed that four days of prolonged sitting caused a state that they dubbed exercise resistance. And yes, that is exactly what it sounds like. Sitting made the participants actually resistant to the benefits of exercise, now, albeit partially and temporarily. Now, this is how they figured it out. The researchers took 10 participants and <laughs> commanded them to sit on their butts for more than 13 hours a day, and they also made sure that they took fewer than 4,000 steps per day for four days. After that, sit fest was over, they were asked to do a difficult hour-long treadmill workout. And when I say that it was difficult, I mean that it was a workout that would normally result in some healthful metabolic benefits that last about 24 hours. But here's the thing, after all that sitting, this normally measurable beneficial workout didn't do what it normally would. So you're probably getting the point here. If you did all the perfectly scientifically proven workouts consistently at the gym and got yourself into the shape that you imagined as being fit, and then you hit the couch for the next few weeks, how much better off would you be? Where would all that hard work have actually gotten you? Temporarily fit, I suppose? Which brings me to the point that there is no finish line. The most important part of the definition that I mentioned earlier is activities relating to keeping healthy and strong. Now, I believe that tells us that there is no finish line in fitness. Fit is an ongoing process. Now, I've said it before, and I will say it again, so get used to it. Fitness is not something that you achieve and then rub your hands together and say, okay, great. Now I'm fit, and then check it off your to-do list. Even without the four-day sit-fest, this is not how fitness works. I think people who are interested only in quick fitness and quick weight loss forget that fitness is an ongoing lifestyle. It's not an endgame. They forget to ask themselves the all-important question of, well, then what? Sure. Swallowing your fitness routine like some horrible tasting pill for a short amount of time to hit some sort of goal is doable, but then what? Well, from experience, I will tell you what. It's a hasty return to the previous lifestyle, and that is a lifestyle that resulted in you hiring someone like me to help you lose weight and get fit in the first place. 
Now, on the weight loss side, a lack of meaningful lifestyle and habitual dietary changes often means regaining the lost weight, or perhaps regaining the lost weight plus a little bit more. Which truthfully is the main reason that I co-created the Weigh Less program with nutritionist Monica Reinagel. Now, on the fitness side, not asking the then-what question usually results in the never-ending cycle of dragging yourself to the gym, dragging yourself to boot camp, or other bouts of quick-fix activities that are, again, treated more like choking down medicine than celebrating what your body can do and all its achievements. So, okay, here's the thing, dear listener. If you are going to join me on this Second Wind Fitness Podcast Adventure, I encourage you to look at your fitness journey as a long-term commitment, not something to rush through. Look at this as your new normal, not something you use all your willpower to stick to. This is not a 30, 60, or 90-day challenge. This is your life. So instead of wondering, how quickly can I get in shape?, Think about how long you want to be able to move your body through this world in the ways that bring you joy. Instead of focusing on how little time you can get away with dedicating to exercising, focus on how much you enjoy moving your body in new and exciting ways and as often as you can. In short, as (laughs) freaking corny as this may sound, I admit, focus on enjoying the journey not just crossing some arbitrary finish line. Because, let's face it, if you want your fitness to last, there is no finish line. We're in it for the long haul, so make it sustainable, meaningful, and fun. And I would be honored if you allowed me to come along for the ride with you by subscribing to this podcast, where I will do my best to keep you on the straight and narrow. Okay? Deal? All right. Oh, that's just so much better than talking about what it's about is to actually experience what the show is like. And I can see how good a match this is for people that are listening to the Change Academy podcast, even people that used to listen to the Get Fit Guy podcast. This is like a natural progression. Yeah, I think so. And it's really easy to find. So wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, just look for Second Wind Fitness, or you can even just search for my name, Brock Armstrong, and it should come up. Thank you very much, Brock. You've been a lovely guest. <laughs> I, I hope so. I was on my best behavior. And uh, and thanks to all of you for joining us today for this conversation. And just one more little plug for our listener survey, which you will find at changeacademypodcast.com slash survey. And in our next episode, we will go back to our usual format. And you can expect your usual lab experiments and, and all that stuff. But um This was just a real nice opportunity to hear a little bit more of what goes on behind the scenes out there in Nanaimo and and underneath the hood there of our friend Brock Armstrong. So thank you, Brock, and thank you, listeners. I think your lab experiment is to go and listen to an episode. (laughs) All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget to go to changeacademypodcast.com slash survey. Let us know what you think.